Democratic Party leaders are praying for somebody, anybody, to swoop in and save them from the socialist revolutionaries who have kicked them out of their jobs. Unfortunately, they're out of candidates at this point. Elizabeth Warren got a terrible case of woke brain virus and went completely insane. God knows where she is at this hour. Pete Buttigieg is a human TED talk. Please. Mike Bloomberg is trying to buy the race on a platform that doesn't have an actual constituency. Amy Klobuchar eats salad with a comb. Joe Biden can't remember what he's running for. It's pretty obvious that none of these people can beat Bernie Sanders in the end for the simple reason that Bernie Sanders may be scary, and he definitely is scary. But he knows exactly what he believes, and he's saying it out loud. And if recent history is any guide, candidates like that get the nomination in the end. Tucker no, that was, Carlson, uncharitable. Tucker Carlson on Fox, man, he's a unique character. Yeah, I'd say. Anyway, what was a woke brain virus for Elizabeth Warren? Um, so we're going to talk a little New Hampshire primary and the whole thing with Gary Dietrich, political analyst who's been joining us for decades now. Gary's a nonpartisan analyst. He's with I3, Inspire, Inform, Involve. Gary, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. And if people want to reach us, our website under construction, so it's at Gary Dietrich on Twitter. So they want to, all okay. the insults they want to hurl after this segment, that's where they should go. Excellent. It was after I watched Tucker last night after he said that, I thought, and then I tweeted out about four years ago, Trump won New Hampshire and, and, and took over the Republican Party, basically said to the Republican Party, you don't have the power you think you have. I'm going to decide who the nominee is. And Bernie may have done that last night. Did we find out that neither party can choose their candidate anymore? Well, first off, let's make clear that after Tucker's comment, all of Klobuchar's people will be waving combs <laughs> and throwing bagged salad into the air. Yes. I don't even Hey, you guys are kind of Midwestern roots like Mike. Yeah. Have you ever seen anybody from the Midwest eating salad with combs? I, I, I haven't I don't seen know. that before. What is that a reference oh, it's to? A, you mean, maybe you missed that. That was a big story for a couple of days. She got mad at a staffer who didn't have a fork and to prove... That she wanted to eat, but you didn't provide my fork. She ate her salad with her comb. Oh, my. That's powerful <laughs> stuff. Well, listen. That did, that's a disqualifier right there, isn't it? I, I, Depending I, what I've kind of salad I, it was, anyway. I've got to step in and, and derail this mainstream media narrative that Bernie won. He won a bare plurality. He won 60% when he was running against Hillary. He won, what, the mid-20s? Last night, so did uh, little Pete. Several people were just under 20. I mean, he barely eked it out. Come on. Well, I mean, you have a point, and yet, remember, he had one serious opponent last time. So when you're dividing the pie by two as opposed by, let's say, five or six viable candidates right now, the, the numbers are going to be different. But to your point, and I think this is important for people to understand, all, almost all of these primaries, including the big one coming up in California – are divided proportionally. So there's almost an exact delegate count right now between Buttigieg and Sanders. And to your point, Joe, I, I think that's important for people to understand. And therefore, therefore, the constant refrain that this thing could go to the convention because there's going to be all these pots of delegates out there conceivably for some time. She had New Hampshire last night with Bernie finishing first, Mayor Pete second, Amy Klobuchar third, and then the people that were in first place... In a number of states and nationally, just weeks ago, Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden, their numbers added together don't make third place. I know, that's astounding, isn't More it? Whole week. I mean, and, and Joe Biden coming in fifth? I mean, yikes. That's, that's, that's a professional political term, yikes. I mean, when you hit that stage at this important moment... I mean, there's got to be major chaos going on right now in the Biden camp, and and, and you know, they've sort of said their firewall and quote, air quotes going here is South Carolina. It better happen. It be, he better win something in these next couple 
uh, or he, it's going to be trouble. You do have the unique situation that um, the black vote has been determinative for Democratic, you know, wannabes for 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 cycle after cycle, and Pete ain't getting black votes, and Bernie ain't getting black votes. Is that going to change at some point? Well, you know, it's in, it's interesting because in South Carolina, that's a very huge portion of the. Uh, Democratic constituency, and so the black vote's going to be very important. You know who's going after that? Tom Steyer all of a sudden has decided, and Mike Bloomberg are trying to t- take up that yeah. that mantle, and so we'll see what happens. I-, I think South Carolina could be exceedingly interesting. And the other reason it's going to be interesting, Jack, is because Democrats have labeled South Carolina as sort of their most representative state. That You know, they say that North Carolina, uh, that North the New Hampshire, excuse me, and Iowa are not representative of the party. Too white. Demographically. And so they're looking to South Carolina to send a lot of national signals. Yeah. Well, I would point out, as we were discussing only last hour, uh, we found out that a huge uh, number of New Hampshire voters were undecided till the debate Friday. So yes. I can only assume South Carolina is in similar shape. And Little Pete's support among black voters is is rising. It's, you know. It's rising, so who knows how they'll feel come election day. I don't know what the undecided numbers are. Uh, and, and and plus, you talk about Bloomberg, he'll probably stop and frisk the black voters on their way to the polls. Oh, oh my God. God. It's true, look it up. Okay, listen, again, Joe Getty. That was the voice of Joe Getty. All right, here's the thing, guys, that's, uh, I think, really interesting about that is Bloomberg's is the Bloomberg strategy going to translate? That's what everybody wants to know. You and know? if it does, what's it mean for America? Well, there you go. Uh, you must have a billion dollars to run. That's yes. what it's going to mean from here on out. Tell us about his political machine. How impressive is it at this point? Well, uh, you know, just look at California because it is the hardest state to win. Um, 800 paid staff people, 20 field offices in Ooh. one state alone. That has never happened, not only in California, but in any U.S. state ever in presidential electoral history. So there are, much like there was in the Howard Dean and then and then after that Obama revolutions, as they called it, when online donating and the online media became sort of preeminent, people are going to be watching this very carefully. Yeah, wow. 800 paid staffers at this point? One on every street corner. Oh, that's amazing. That's its own battle that's interesting for politics. You've got the, the crowd, Republicans and Democrats, who like to be there. You know, we're all about small donors. Average donor size is $11, Bernie says now, or whatever it is, and number of people. And then you got another crowd just says, I'm just going to buy it. The stat was, as of yesterday was Bloomberg has spent $38 per second since he announced. you got to have a lot of money to do that. But, that is Super Bowl commercial money right there. You know what I mean? That's, that's big dollars. And it's at least uh, somewhat amusing to me that the Democrats are churning out the billionaire candidates. At, yeah. You know. At a much higher rate than Republicans well, thus far. And, of course, the way they spin that, guys, is, well, I'm not going to be beholden to the big donor money because sure. I got my own. Right. And Bernie on the... Which is a like... I, I like the sound of that. Right, I mean, that right. sounds good. But, yeah, it's not but wait till Bernie gets a hold of him in a debate and says, you billionaires, you know, I mean, right. I mean, it's, oh, you yeah. can just hear... I tell you, to me, <laughs> the, the fireworks that are coming are Bloomberg versus Sanders. I mean, when those two guys get on the debate stage, they are going to see each other as threat number one. 
And that should be that should make for that, that, some interesting debate. So you guys have assignments, point. as you know. Now that we know these debate numbers, you just talked about Joe. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, there's not going to be any bagging out on the next debates. Guys. Oh, I mean, I don't no, care if no, they're no. I don't care if they're Friday night at midnight. You will be up live. You're not the boss of me. You're, you're not the boss of me. You're right. The, the, the Bloomberg Bernie thing is true because Bernie hates billionaires, like deep in the marrow of his bones. He hates the fact that billionaires even exist. Yeah, he thinks that is you know uh, just wrong. The universe shouldn't allow billionaires. So he's got it deep in his DNA. You got Bloomberg, the only reason he's running is he's afraid Bernie's going to get the nomination. I mean, so that's two people that really, really think the other Finally. is dangerous for America. And of course, the other thing, guys, people have been oh, Iowa and New Hampshire. Hey, listen, if he, that is Bloomberg, just hop skips over these first four primaries and is successful starting on Super Tuesday, imagine what that does to the electoral Ryan, calculus next time around. No kidding. I just blow off Iowa and New Hampshire. Nobody cares. Hey, for folks who are not super hip to politics, how, which states participate in Super Tuesday? Uh, a list too long to mention. Oh, really? oh yeah, no, it's a big a list. A lot of summer. states. And and that it's half, is it half the delegates? Well, it's fifteen hundred on that day. That's not that's not half. That'd be half of what you if you got all those you'd, you'd yeah have yeah. It's a gargantuan chunk of what you would need to win. But again, here's an important reminder: unlike the general election, for example, California. That those are going to be divvied up proportionally, so it's not a winner take all. So you can't yeah. get half. Yeah, so it's not it's not winner take okay. all. You would have to like you know all those other people would have to see their unfortunate demise prior to to be able to to scoop them up. So and, that's what makes also by the way, guys, the the chance of brokered convention more likely because of all this proportionality. Right. right. When is Super Tuesday? It is March third. Okay. I had a Super Tuesday yesterday. Actually. You did? I did. It was my birthday. Oh, I heard steak, that. Steaks and I am, on the grill, I am a nice giving, bottle of wine. Yeah, it was a super Tuesday. Did you, did you cast an early ballot? What? No, no. I've you got, could have. All right, right, okay. I've got to admit that I've got a soft spot for Amy Klobuchar because I'm from that part of the country. Sure, and, I get that. And she reminds me of my mom, and she seems just like a very nice, reasonable person. But has she got any shot? Uh, I mean, is she fighting above her weight? Because... I heard some people say she just doesn't have a ground game going forward because she wasn't expecting to last this long. Right. Well, she did from scratch. I like the expression that I heard this morning. She's got to build the plane in the air. Yeah. Oh, that would be interesting. Okay. So here's the thing. She just, you know, the fundraising thing, Jack, has been what's difficult for her up front, right? Because she started, people thought of as a no chance candidate, right? I mean, those are the facts. So, yeah, she's having to raise money. I am guessing right now, though, from what we're seeing with the Biden numbers, that there are huge numbers of MORs, middle of the roaders, who may be starting to dump some money into the Klobuchar effort and could keep it alive for a substantial period of time. It's clear that's the lane she's going after. And right now, with still people duking it out like Sanders and Warren stuff, she may have some real traction there for some time. She made a lot of money after her debate on Friday night. And they got another couple coming up. More importantly, uh, the standard poodle won the Westminster Dog Show. Uh, your reaction to that? You a poodle fan? That's a huge upset, and especially when I'm a yellow lab guy. I, I, I take personal offense at that, really, as a yellow yeah, lab yeah. owner and poodles. long-time lover. Please, poodles. <laughs> I've okay. got one, one dog that uh, might be on the very last days of his life, which uh, her life, which I'll talk about sorry to hear later. That. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm but sorry to hear that, too, we, t- we took her to the vet uh, over the weekend. She's 180, 180 pounds. So I've got four dogs. That's your fault, bro. One of them's 180, and oh, our it's pug big is as a horse. Our pug is 15 pounds, so I have two dogs. One one could eat the other one. Both your kids bike. ride the dog at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Dietrich with I3 Inspire, Inform, Evolve. Uh, go to at Gary Dietrich. 
on the Twitter machine if you want to connect with him and alternate between calling him a fascist and a communist. <laughs> Thank you. That's what Twitter is for. Gary, always a pleasure. Thanks, man. Likewise, guys. Got Bloomberg with the biggest organization ever put together wow. in California. Wow. Just a completely different strategy than anybody's ever tried before. I'm a little scared of it being successful. Well, and he's coming for my guns. And your neighbor's likely to be a clandestine Italian guy. More on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. All right, y'all. So NASA said today is the day, the only day that your broom can stand up on its own and watch this. Oh, my God. (laughs) Y'all, no strings, nothing. What? So what's the trick here? People making the brooms stand up on their countertop, they're just flat on the end, so they'll stand on any countertop? Or? It's just uh, bristles. You, you just kind of fray out the bristles at the bottom. Oh, okay. You create some sort of, essentially, a, a low-budget tripod, and it'll sure. stand up because of a bruise lo- broom's low center of gravity. But because the story was that it was the one day of the year, according to NASA. A tweet, a tweet went viral, and it was wrong, but a lot of people were trying. So every like even, you know, quote-unquote celebrities were, hey, look, I balanced my broom, too. And it just became one of these oh. Internet things that For day. Yeah, for mildly amused for a day. Mm-hmm. That might be the modern American story. Mildly amused for a day. Yeah. What will I be mildly Whoa. amused by tomorrow? Oh, but then for I'll forget some about some moronic argument about some dress online or something. I just I don't get it. So what's the name of the poodle that won the Westminster Dog Show? Seba, I think. Beat You're out being a crazy sex poodle. And uh, how do you spell Seba? Sean was explaining to me the poodle bowed at one point, and oh, the announcers just went crazy oh. over that. Oh, just, the crowd roared. Oh, look and... at that. <laughs> oh, why? Ah, go balance a broom, you thickheads. <laughs> Is it the boxer, the golden retriever, the poodle? Who will it be? And to have the privilege of making this decision, the best in show goes to the standard poodle. Yes! 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 Oh! Oh, the poodle! I will never be that excited about anything. By the way, this this poodle, full-on froofed up. Oh, yeah. With the wacky haircut with the little balls on its legs. It's to keep its joints warm, Joe. Oh, whatever. It's all big in the front and got its its ass shaved. I mean, it's with that wacky poodle haircut. Who does it? Get a real dog. Get a dog. A dog that'll come to you and you give it a treat and it, it, it woofs when the, the the Amazon guy comes to the door. Not some <laughs> damn wackadoo wussy poodle. I and listen, they're standard poodle's a big old dog. It's a fine dog, but don't shave it up like that. It's <laughs> stupid. Looks like in the court of Louis the freaking 14th. Just I, stop it. I tell this story every year, but I lived in the neighborhood where... The national champion uh, was the local dog once. Ah. And it won, and it was a dog I saw on a regular basis, and it was just a regular dog. It was just a regular dog. And I yeah. look at that, there's the best dog in the world right there, running by our house. Looks like a pretty good dog. Looks but, like uh, every other dog. Yeah. I've said that to every dog I've ever owned. <laughs> oh, no, it's the best dog in the world to come here. <laughs> you know, I'm going to uh, propose to Baxter that I give him some froofy haircut today. And I'm sure he will reply, I will chew your face off, because he's a real dog. It's not some froofy little poodle. Our uh, our biggest dog and one of my favorite dogs I've ever had in my life is uh, at the very end of uh, 
existence right now. We were doing the thing over the weekend where you, you're on pain pills and what operation can you get and are you doing this to, to, to extend it for you or for them? Are they enjoying their lives at all? You know, yeah. that whole thing that everybody yeah. with dogs goes through. and So difficult. Oh, it's just a drag. It's just a drag. She's just the greatest dog ever. So this is Bianca the giant dog? Yeah. yeah. 180 pounds. Yeah. That's a really big dog. The sweetest giant I'd ever seen. <laughs> she blew out her one of her legs oh. and... Um, the operation would be tough at her age. Anyway, getting her into my car to get her to the vet to even get it looked at was, you know, 180 pounds. That's, that's putting me in the back of a car yeah. with dead weight. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, it was something. Uh, uh, that's we, a drag. We saw some friends uh, last weekend, doesn't matter, a weekend or two ago, uh, who have one of those enormous breeds. And this dog is, oh, it's, it's, it's so sweet and so great and so enormous. But. Eight, nine years is a pretty good run. Yeah, Bianca's 10 years old, and that's oh, just as, that's yeah. as long as you get out of the... And that yeah. is that's definitely a downside. To the big breeds. They're not going to be around that long. Yeah, it's it's odd with dogs, because it's a, it's a really direct correlation. Well, it's it's a... What do you call it? It's, a, it's inverse. But the, the smaller the dog, the longer the lifespan. Practically down the line. It's odd. Anyway. But I've never gotten into the whole AKC registered uh, this or that and have the right hindquarters and all that sort of stuff. Right. It's never been my thing. Plus, I'm not reaching under my dog and, you know, feeling them up like that to figure out if, what, they're even or is it size they're looking for? I don't even know. Maybe they just like groping dogs' genitals. What's that, Sean? I've never once considered my dog's gait. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) His gait is his gait. He gets from here to there, you know? It's effective. We got an interesting text about Mayor Pete, the black vote, and how black people feel about gay people. Uh, Maybe we'll hit that coming up and discuss, Mm. because that could be an issue in South Carolina. And we've been telling you how crazy American universities have become one of the leading colleges in America. A beautiful, horrible example of that in a moment. Armstrong and Getty Show. And here in a state that goes by the motto, live free or die, you made up your own minds. You asserted that famous independence streak. And thanks to you, a campaign that some said shouldn't be here at all has shown that we are here to stay. It's like sports teams. It's very important to convince your players or your fans or whatever that everybody doubted you and all that sort of stuff. Your back was against the wall. Exactly. Little Pete throwing on his orator voice there, clearly. Mm -hmm. It's funny. That description, was that you, Positive Sean, a little earlier? He's a walking TED Talk. (laughs) That wasn't me, but I like it. I'll take credit for it. Whoever was that said it. That is perfect for Pete. Uh, anyway, we got this text. So South Carolina's coming up, and one of the knocks has been that he, he, he he's polling like zero among black voters, and South Carolina is big with the black vote, and reading this text is not an endorsement, or this tweet, all right? Um, it's just for discussion. What no one will say about Mayor Pete and black votes is what is obvious in our community. I assume this texture is black by saying that. Blacks are among the most homophobic people in all of America. Now, there was a black congressman... A couple of months ago, was it Clyburn, South Carolina, 
who said, here's something that's a problem. A lot of the older black voters don't dig the idea of, of a gay candidate. Yeah. Um, that seems to be a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, pre- probably pretty uncomfortable for the Democratic Party and certainly the cable news channels to address that. Yeah. Because you got a whole intersectionality thing here. Who's the victim of what? Um, trying to figure out who ranks. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Right. Well, what if Mayor Pete gets like 2% in South Carolina? That would be interesting, no doubt. Well, any gay black man will tell you, yeah, that's true. It's it's even rougher for you know. Or us, but. or perhaps black voters are the same as every other voter. I don't know if you care if you're a woman or you're gay or I don't care whatever. Do you believe the same stuff I do? Is my life going to be better with you as president? I think that will trump, no pun intended, right. most of the other attitudes. But who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I keep getting surprised. That's enough of that. Yeah. Jesse Smollett hit with charges, finally. Speaking of race baiting. A grand jury returned a six-count indictment against Jesse Smollett for lying to the Chicago police. We all remember him, right? The the dumb A actor who pretended Trump backers attacked him, and it was as transparent as like a... Like your five-year-old is trying to pull it off. Yeah, yeah. Maybe After having sent himself threatening letters and the rest of it. Trying to become simultaneously a higher-paid actor and some sort of symbol of of racism because, well, that elevates him to be more of a victim is to elevate yourself in the eyes of you know your supporters. So he beat the local charges, but these are federal charges. Is that the way it works? No, or is it the other way think, around? No. What happened was they appointed a a special prosecutor. Actually, that's an interesting question in Chicago. Um. Dan K. Webb, special prosecutor for Cook County, today announced that the office of the special prosecutor has now completed all the investigative steps regarding Jesse Smollett, was the statement. So you had that crooked woman, Fox, inexplicably and without warning drop all charges against the criminal uh, because they're buddies and they have friends in common, politically powerful friends in common. And the mayor went crazy and the Chicago Police Department went crazy and the rest of it. And so somebody appointed a special prosecutor, a judge in August appointed this guy, um, to look into why the original charges were dropped. And, and long story short, now there's there are charges excuse me, against him again. Well, we've got to have penalties for that because it's so damaging to society to, uh, to have people believe there are Trump supporters going around beating up gay black men. No, yeah, like no. 3 a.m. In, in Chicago. No, that didn't happen. Yeah, which is half a dozen kinds of ridiculous. Oh, you know this uh, on a somewhat similar theme. Although I guess it's it's more about the insane state of America's university system. Was it uh, which one of our favorite thinkers believes that at this point the American university system is a net negative? Oh, that's Jordan Peterson for our thing. culture. Yeah, I, he's a college professor from uh, up in Canada. It's a uh, thinker, writer, and. Uh, uh, influencer of, had, of people had a bit of a health scare recently. I'm yeah, not sure oh, if he's on yeah. the other side of it or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, it's it's long and a little complicated, but yeah, it's it's been very very rough for him. Um, but we've been talking to you about how insane universities are right now. N- not only the fact that they're wildly overpriced because there's all sorts of government money washing into it, and people are getting rich, and we have incredibly bloated faculties with under assistant secretary dean of inclusion and community you know involvement and the rest of it um it's just it's so broken but it's also this uh, ideological indoctrination system 
into these crazy far-left ideologies. And this this is such a stark example of it. I think some of you don't get it might finally. Stanford Law School is one of the allegedly top you know, institutions of learning in our country. You know, a personal aside, the whole elite university thing is so old and broken and phony at this point. But anyway, it's allegedly a top university. They're at Stanford Law School. They had a guest speaker, Texas Solicitor General Kyle Hawkins, who was doing a lecture on DACA and the legal arguments in favor of rescinding it and the legal arguments against rescinding DACA. That's uh, letting kids who were brought here as little children get citizenship, path to citizenship. Brought here as illegal alien citizen, uh, you know, uh, when they were little kids and had no choice in it. You may remember the, the president, uh, Obama, said 23 times in public he couldn't possibly do that, then did it. But anyway, so this guy is there at the law school to argue both sides of the issue so future lawyers can understand how this stuff works. Well, there was a huge, huge uh, response uh, to the announcement of the speech, so huge that they had to move it to a larger auditorium. But it turns out the response by Stanford Latinx Law Students Association and 11 other student groups was so they could stand up and walk out Mm. five minutes into it because they refused to even consider the question as law students that it might be conceivable that it shouldn't be the policy or it's illegal or was an overstep by the executive branch, even though they were going to argue both sides of the issue. Initially speaking before a room, a packed room of students holding posters reading, no human being is illegal. Oh, my God. Seriously, if you're older than eight years old and you don't see the flaw in that greeting card slogan, I I don't know how to help you. I'm paying $50,000 a year for you to have that uh, smart hot take. Or everyone is welcome here. Again, what are you, eight years old? He prefaced his talk saying he would be arguing both sides. But because his record aligns him with DACA's legal opponents, they got up and chanted and walked out and refused to even listen to the arguments. Can you imagine? Well, you don't have to. We're here. But can you imagine a society where students at an allegedly top law school refuse to even listen to arguments against what they believe. That should scare you. That's crazy. That is ideology run wild at Stanford, of all places. Unbelievable. Shocking. Um, so is this, Joe. A professor claims Paw Patrol is capitalist propaganda... Good. And parental rage and hilarity ensue. <laughs> According to this article I'm reading. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Maybe our theme here is when you hear this crazy BS, but you think, wow, there's a lot of smart college students and professors saying it. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. No, if it strikes you as crazy BS, you're right. Was Paw Patrol uh, after your kids? Have you ever seen Paw Patrol? Paw Patrol? Paw Patrol. I, uh, no job is too big, no pup is too small. Paw <laughs> Patrol. What if I gotta like pull a wagon? And I don't remember. Do you know the names of all the Paw Patrol people there, Hanson? You got, uh, you got uh, Paparino. You got uh, Fido. They all got different names. 
And then they, that's, that, yep, that's how dogs work. I was just handling them the other day. I should know them all. I was and sleeping they, in my kid's bed last night, and he's got a Paw Patrol pillow that's got Chase on it. That's the guy who runs the thing. But anyway, yeah, okay. Rubble. Rubble, is the, uh, that's a, he's a good one. Uh, but anyway, Paw Patrol is an insanely popular children's show that follows the adventures of a team of puppy dogs who happen to talk and operate heavy machinery. Under the supervision of a teenage boy named that's a, Ryder. That's a good dog. Um, and What's it, the teenage boy's name? Sorry. Uh, Ryder. Okay. The Chase is the dog, the lead dog. Ryder is the kid. Anyway, it was created up in Canada. It's hugely popular. And it's one of those things where, God dang it, you, you hit a gold mine, you, you get something this popular. Because not only is the show popular, but clothes, shoes, toys, Pillow blankets, cases. pillowcases, <laughs> just nightlights, just... Everything that possibly exists, Paw Patrol is it's out all there. about the merch, man. All about the merch. Oh, speaking of which, hundreds the, uh, of millions of dollars every year for this Canadian company. Yes, go on. I was going to say, speaking of which, we've got some fabulous A and G merch available at ArmstrongandGetty.com, including the Cal Unicornia, the House Year Utopia coming along. Stupid should hurt, etc. Uh, but now, a Canadian criminology professor says that it may be programming kids as little capitalists. King's, Good. U- King's University College professor recently published a research article in a journal called Crime Media Culture titled, Whenever There's Trouble, Just Yelp for Help, Crime, Con- Conservation, and Corporatization in Paw Patrol. And um, told reporters that I'll start with the depiction of the state. Mary Humdinger and Mayor Goodway, kind of the representatives of the state or the government in this, are portrayed negatively. <laughs> I'm already loving this. <laughs> <laughs> Mayor Humdinger is portrayed as an unethical and corrupt. He is. Mayor Goodway is hysterical, bumbling, and incompetent. That's very true also. Yeah, yeah. Went on to say the Paw so Patrol far, itself so is kind of a privatized police service, illustrating that the state can't depend on, <laughs> can't be dependent on to provide these services. Yeah, That's you're funny. right, says San Francisco. We've had to hire our own. That's funny. I've watched a million episodes of Paw Patrol, and it's never occurred to me that they're portraying the like the mayor and everything is incompetent, and you need these dogs to fix things, and they're really like... They're like Antifa or something. They're running around, and uh, it's, it's vigilante justice because what? the mayor has no authority. I just think that as time goes on, children might be less likely to critique the capitalist system that causes environmental harm in the first place and reproduce and uh, reproduces inequality. See, here's wow. the problem. Wow. It's not clear to me whether this is sincere or one of those joke papers put out by our friends uh, Lindsay Bogosian Pluckrose. It actually could be. Yeah, he's going to come so out. So hard end, to say. He's going to come out at the end of this week and say, "I actually got this uh published in a university." Yeah. Yeah. And he'll be guffawing about it. You know, for instance, Jack, what do you think of this proposition? If I were a a persuasive and charismatic law school student, and organized um, like-minded kids and people, young adults, to say, listen, I think we all understand that this ideological nuttiness has reached too, uh, too high a point in our campus here. I think as parody, we ought to walk out of an editorium chanting, we refuse to listen to both sides to make it clear how stupid this has gotten. That would be parody. Well, what happened at Stanford Law School was not parody, but it would be very good parody if it was parody. So, it's like that paper. Are you serious or are you making fun of, of papers? Because I can't <laughs> tell anymore. And if you can't tell the difference, it's, uh, yeah, that is a problem. That's a hell of a spot to be in as a society. No kidding. Maybe we should call Paw Patrol or, for our older listeners, Josie and the Pussycats. Or, uh, Similar sort of thing. Scooby-Doo.
Scooby-Doo, also. Some sort of animal safety. Scooby-Doo, perfect, <laughs> same sort of thing. You're basically yeah. implying that the police force or the state is not capable of solving these crimes. Right. You need a ragtag group of kids and a talking dog in a, uh, and modern... a fair amount of marijuana, apparently. <laughs> yeah, at least Paw Patrol, these are uniformed people with jobs. Snoo- uh, uh, Scooby-Doo is just a bunch of stone degenerates, just kind of... <laughs> bunch of trust funders, huh? <laughs> Wow, how did Taking we... Taking a break year after high school. How did we get here as a nation where anybody would ever look at it that way? Again, is is this guy serious, or is he making fun of people who think that sort of thing? I can't tell the difference anymore. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. It's, it's getting hard to be a human this in modern America. This can't lead anywhere good. respond to the criticism that these predominantly white states aren't the best states to kick off the primaries because these candidates could be starting in a more representative state of the country like like California or, or Florida. I, I hear what you're saying Trevor and yes Iowa and New Hampshire are white but hear me out they're all so boring as hell okay <laughs> and that's what we want we don't want our candidates going to fun states like Florida or California if you got to spend a year campaigning in Miami everyone would be running for president <laughs> but if you're willing to spend a year eating bland food in sub-zero temperatures pretending to care about how big a pumpkin is that's how I know you really want to be president okay I disagree about the bland food. I was just thinking last night, why can't I get my grandmother from Iowa? Oh man. Get her fried chicken, mashed potatoes and gravy anywhere. Oh. No please. nothing bland about that. Oh my god. Some cornbread, please. Um uh one quick uh, call back to this. The the, the uh, a French poodle won our Westminster Dog Show. Oh, so man. we got a Canadian team winning the NBA championships. <laughs> What was the one the other day? The South ate? Korean film won Best Picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Boodle. film won our Oscar. Now we got a French Poodle winning the Westminster Dog Show. And somebody texted, is that a dog or a blank and topiary? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shaving. Please. Get a real dog. Let me look up topiary. <laughs> it's one of them fancy bushes they uh, clip to make it look like Mickey Mouse and stuff. Ah, okay. All right. <laughs> Good joke, texter. <laughs> Welcome to the party, Sean. Uh, Andy from beautiful Roseville, California, writes, As I watch the coverage of the New Hampshire results, I'm at a loss to understand why it matters whether Bernie or Buttigieg got the largest percentage of votes. The only thing that should matter is the delegate count. Using delegates, the candidates are in a tight pack. This should be the headline. It's anyone's race. But that's too complex for the corporate media. They need to dumb it down to binary headlines of this person won and these people didn't. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Well, it's, it's wide open. But yeah. it's but it's never been that way. Yeah, I mean, but it is now. It well, is it might now. Be, it Get might used be now. to it. Wake up, Jack, and smell the poodle. It <laughs> might it might be now, and we'll only know in the rearview mirror. But it's never been that way. The delegate number never has mattered in Iowa, but it's eliminated tons of candidates over the years. Is that because of the stupid, stupid media? I won't run in that pack. Well, the Back money, to a sort of dog metaphor. You don't run out of heart. You run out Pack of... Pack of poodles comes running at you, please. You don't run out of heart. You run out of money, as they say. And for whatever reason, the donors who 
they can't be stupid. They're, they're the kind of people that throw around millions of dollars at presidential candidates to get tax breaks. Right. You wouldn't think they'd be stupid people. They stop giving money to people who don't finish well in Iowa and New Hampshire. And it's not because of the number of delegates. It's just about the look, the momentum. And then I was watching... Uh, what's his stop name? stop talking about losing heart. Signed, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I was watching what's-his-name from 538. What's that guy's Nate name? Nate Silver. Nate Silver last night on one of the Silver. shows. And he said, I tend to go with people who win. You gotta win. No. It's all about winning. That's dumb. Nate Silver's dumb. <laughs> There's ex- there'll be a different so-called winner in the next state. You gotta wait till 10, 11, 12 states vote. You gotta wait That's till 50. Cl- clearly the reason... 50. That's too. That is the reasonable way, but it's never been that way before, right? Maybe it'll be that way this time, but that's not the way it's been in the past. Guys, did Joe Biden call that young woman a biatch? A lying dog-faced pony soldier? We all know that the left likes to read into things. They would say that a white male calling a female a dog is implying that she's a biatch and demeaning. Speaking of uh, dog-faced, what's the difference between that and when Trump called Stormy horse-faced? Why aren't (laughs) feminists in an uproar? As far as I'm concerned, dog-faced is way worse than horse-faced. I don't really mind horse-faced chicks. Wow. That's that's some really good... (laughs) Travis, with a little uh, contribution to the national conversation, I just Googled horse-faced and Stormy Daniels, Celine Dion, and Sarah Jessica Parker came up. All of them plenty hot for me. Maybe you didn't need to hear that. Oh, definitely we didn't need to hear that, Travis. Thank you so much. You know... Joe Biden could drop a, a C-bomb on Michelle Obama at this point. It wouldn't matter. I think he's dead and gone. Poor guy. Electorally speaking. Poor guy. Line dog-faced pony soldier. He's, he's got a little bit of the, and I've never had, I've never done this, but it's he's got a little bit of the, is it time to talk to your parents about taking away their driver's license <laughs> sort of thing yeah. vibe going? Well, and listen, as I said before, his better judgment was telling him not to run. And he had powerful people flatter him and cajole him into running. He has humiliated himself in front of the nation twice (laughs) already. I apologize for that. Fifth last night. Yeah, he got murdered each time he ran for president, and somebody talked him into getting humiliated one more time for the road. And he flew down to the, the South Carolina and started giving a speech in the middle of the day. Yeah. What the heck was that? Oh, 